Hey, this is Greg McAfee, and welcome to The Greg McAfee Show. Now let's get started. Well, hey, welcome back to The Greg McAfee Show, where we discuss steps to entrepreneurship, how to take your business to new heights, and ultimately follow your dreams. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, chasing your dream rather than money. You know, cash is the lifeblood of a business. We all get that. Everybody needs money. You have to have money. A money is just a medium of exchange, and we have to have money to buy anything. But we have to have money in a business to um, meet our expenses, to pay people, and yes, make a profit, to keep. But uh, we look at money for planning. We look at money for metrics. We look at money for decision-making. Uh, margins, and money allows us to take risks, both in business and in life. And if you've ever watched the show Duck Dynasty, the mom on the show is known as Miss Kay, and Miss Kay has said that I have been dirt poor and I have been rich, and I'd say I'm much happier rich, and that's the truth. Okay, so however, if we only chase money, we're going to be chasing it forever and we're going to be left very disappointed. If you're only in business to make money, you're going to be very disappointed. I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you some tips today on how to make money, how any business can make money. But if you're only chasing money, you're going to be very disappointed. So chasing money is, is known as a pointless journey, which only leads to stress and a lot of frustration. And if our goal is more money, we will always feel like we never have hit our goal. So what is enough money? I mean, when do you ever say, okay, this is enough. We've done enough. That, that rarely happens. And uh, Rockefeller himself said, when, when he was asked how much is enough, he said, uh, just one more dollar. So it's really never enough. Money is a tool that will make achieving your goals possible. Now, let me give you um, an analogy here on, let's just pretend we make widgets. If my goal is to provide the best and quickest service to my customers, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to acquire more customers, which means I'm going to make more widgets, which means I'm going to make more money. Now, if I would have just set out to make more money, I think I would have been very disappointed because I wouldn't have been as concerned about taking care of my customer and providing quicker service. So when you put first things first, the money will come. And that's we're going to talk a lot about that today. When you put priorities first, when you put the dream first, the money will come. Okay? Voltaire said it best many hundreds of years ago, and he said this, don't think money does everything or you're going to end up doing everything for money. Now that was pretty wise several hundred years ago and it still applies today because it, when it comes to balancing life goals and finances, it's easy for people to place more importance on the money um, than at what it takes to make the money. Okay, big difference here. And, uh, you know, I thought about some of the best books I read on money and I'm just going to share a couple of those Right now, we'll probably we'll probably put a picture of them up with the author. 
But the first book was Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, by Robert Kioski um, and co-authored by Sharon Letcher. Great book. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and they actually have one for teenagers. It's great for teenagers to read. Um, just a, re a, a different way of looking at money. Uh, the Millionaire Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley. Great book. I've read that a couple times. Uh, my first business book I ever read happened to be about money and business. Uh, business by the book, Larry Burkett. Uh, another one by Thomas J. Stanley, The Millionaire Mind. Great book, How Millionaires Think. And uh, lastly, um, I listed The Legacy Journey by Dave Ramsey. Great book, kind of walks you through the legacy um, of someone with money. It's just a great book. So those are, those are what, five, six books that uh, you can read that will help, help give you a different perspective on money. Because we're not always, we're not always taught a lot about money growing up, and you know they've always said that even in school, um, they don't teach you how to balance a checkbook. Most people don't even have checkbooks today, and um, so we need to learn more about money and how to handle money. Now, um, this is this may be interesting for a lot of you, but there are more than five hundred Bible verses on prayer and faith, but there are over 2,300 Bible verses about money. Okay, almost five times more Bible verses about money than there are on prayer and faith. Now, these topics include wealth, possessions, greed, money, mindset, contentment, investing, and more. And Jesus himself spoke a lot about money, not because he thought everyone should have money, but because he knew that money was a heart issue and that it's one of the most likely reasons for someone to either not follow him or give up on following him. So to Jesus, money was is definitely a heart issue. How we deal with our money will, it will actually um, share a lot about a person, um, what's in their heart, basically. So, um, okay, so how or why do we chase our dreams, goals, and even our purpose over money? Now, this is some good stuff. So, hope you're listening to this. Hope you're taking notes. If you're driving, listen to it again. Um, but number one, money follows when you are passionate about what you do. So, the money will, like I said, the money will automatically come if you do, if you take care of the customer, if you put the customer first, if you put your team first, and you hire great people, and you and you have goals for your company. The money will automatically come. So money follows when you are passionate about what you do. And I guess if you're not passionate about what you do, I'd have to I'd have to ask the question: Why are you in business? Go work for someone else. Um, so when you're passionate about what you do, money will come. When you practice doing what you do more than your competitor, the money will come. When, you, when your focus is on serving others, your team, your customers, and your vendor, money will come. And when you get the best counsel possible, when you get great coaching, when you have uh, great advisors, the money will come. And number two, more money is not an indicator of happiness. 
If that was the case, everyone with large amounts of money would be the happiest people in the world. And we find that's not the case. Many times they're very sad people. People with the most money you think would be happy are extremely sad. Now, listen to this. You, you may or may have not heard about this, but in 1923, eight of the wealthiest people in the world met. Their combined wealth estimated and exceeded the wealth of the government of the United States. Think about that. These men knew how to make a living and accumulate wealth. So let's fast forward 25 years later and let's find out what happened to these eight of the wealthiest people in the world. Well, one of them was the president of a large steel company. His name was Charles Schwab. He died bankrupt. One of them was the president of the largest gas company, Howard Hubson. He went insane. One of them was the greatest commodity traders ever, Arthur Cutton. He died insolvent. One of them was the president of the New York Stock Exchange, Richard Whitney. He went to jail. Another one that went to jail was a member of the president's cabinet, Albert Fall. The greatest bear on Wall Street, Jesse Livermore, committed suicide. President of the world's greatest monopoly, and he was also, his name's Ivor Kruger. He was also known as, at one time, as the wealthiest man in the world, committed suicide. And lastly, President Bank of International Settlement, Leon Frazier, committed suicide. Now, does that mean if you have money that you're going to either go to jail, commit suicide, or lose it all? I mean, no. No, it doesn't. But this tells you these, these men in today's world had billions of dollars in today's uh, value of a dollar. They had billions of dollars, hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, each one of these men. And they were known as the eight wealthiest men in the world. And look what happened to them. So I, I only say that, I only share that because money is not an indicator of happiness. If it was, these eight men would have been the happiest men in the world. All right. Also, money simplifies your life. <laughs> no. It doesn't, okay? Actually, it's quite the opposite. It's actually a gift. If you handle your money well in your home and business, you are blessed because it is a gift to be able to do that. Not everyone can do that. And um, not everyone can do it well. Let's remember um, King Solomon in the Bible. He had more money. He was the wealthiest man ever. Um in the Bible days, he was the wealthiest man ever, King Solomon. He had more money than he could possibly spend in a lifetime. But at the end of his life, he came to realize that it was all vanity. In Ecclesiastes 5.10, he says this, Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This, too, is meaningless. So, you know, if the wealthiest people in the world see it as this way, I believe them. 
it the the proof is in the pudding. King Solomon's life. These eight men's lives. Okay. Other wealthy men throughout history have agreed with Solomon's conclusion. Uh, it was Andrew Carnegie who reportedly said millionaires millionaires seldomly smile. Okay? Um, millionaires who laugh are rare. My experience is that wealth is apt to take the smiles away. So, in other words, if, if money simplifies your life, then everyone would be happy and everyone would be smiling. But William Vanderbilt's comment was this. The care of $200 million is too great a load for any brain or back to bear. In other words, he had to manage $200 million and he said it's just too much for, it's just too much. It's not, it's not fun anymore. It's hard. And some of you say, I'd like to have that opportunity. But you would end up the same way. More than likely, you would end up the same way. It's enough to kill anyone. There's no pleasure in it, he said. And Henry Ford, this is my favorite. I've read a lot about Henry Ford over the years. And Henry Ford said this, I was happier when I was a mechanic doing mechanical work than I am today. And in today, and, and at the time, his last three or five, three to five years of his life, he was worth billions in today's money. Billions. And he ran the, the Ford Motor Company, for goodness sake. Sole owner of the Ford Motor Company. And he said, I was happier at being a mechanic. It was just too much to handle. And even John D. Rockefeller that I mentioned earlier couldn't find happiness in his millions that he amassed when he was asked, and by the way, that's a great book. I've mentioned it a few times here, but if you haven't read The Titan, it's a great book for you to either read or listen to. But he said, um, uh, one of my favorite parts of The Titan, I'm getting off here a little bit, but it's about money. My favorite part is in the end when he meets with John D. Rockefeller Jr., his son, and he said, it's time for me to release my wealth to you. Back then, they released the majority, 80% of the wealth almost, to the uh, male children, and uh, especially firstborn male. Um, but anyway, he said, it's time for me to uh, release some of this wealth. And in the book, he starts, it, it, he says, I'm giving you this. And it was you know, thousands of shares of Sohio Standard Oil stock in Pennsylvania worth, you know, 590 million. I'm going to give you this many uh, thousands shares of stock of Sohio Standard Oil in this state. And he just starts releasing it to him. And it had to be overwhelming, overwhelming rather, for John D. Rockefeller Jr., to have all this inheritance given to him. Um, but it's a really neat book. I mean, at at um, at one time, as I read it, I mean, I got emotional reading it because when you read the book, you you realize how he how hard he worked to get that. And did he do some things that were that you may have not done? Probably so. Um, but he his heart was good, and he, when he released this to his son, um, it, it's emo I got emotional about it. Okay, so anyway, when he was asked how much is enough, he said just a little bit more or just one more dollar, <laughs> okay? All right, 
So moving forward here, uh, I, the, the title of this is Chase Your Dream, Not Money. Um, so first of all, you got to have a dream. So what's your dream? Uh, it's very easy to chase money, but going after your dream is a different story. You know, when you have a dream and you've got to figure out, if you don't have a dream, you've got to figure out what your dream is. I mean, if you started a business and you don't have a dream, I'm going to challenge you here. You better get a dream. Okay, you've got to have a dream. Where's that business going? What's it going to do when it grows up? Um, what's the succession plan? What are you going to do over the next five, 10 years? I mean, that's part of your dream. So it's very easy to chase money. Money, it's an easy thing to chase. I just, you know, I want millions. And then, and but how do you get millions? So when you chase your dream, it's a different story. There's a question that, that's a question that only you can answer. What's your dream? It's very easy to chase money, but going after your dream is a different story. You have to figure it out. You know, what do you want to do in your life? What do you want to do in your business? You will know. You will know when you're on the right path because you'll start actually making money. That's how it works. And you'll feel better about yourself because like I mentioned earlier, when you start, when you set your dream about serving people better than anyone else does, you'll feel better about yourself. And then you start making money and it's healthy. It's the desire and the passion that will lead you right to success. A success that will last. A success that can be passed on, like Rockefellers. And sometimes we look, when we're chasing our dream, we look at uh, excuses as our enemy. So don't let them keep you from hitting your dream. Um, money may look like a quick way sometimes. It's a it's an easy way out of that dream to chase money, but it's not. Um, it's a poor excuse. Uh, if you want to be truly successful, you've got to chase your dream. And sometimes it's fear. Are you afraid? You know, fear could be your excuse. Are you afraid if you chase your dreams that you'll fail? So fail and, and keep chasing them. You're, you're going to fail. Like I said last week, you're going to fail. Failure is part of life. Failure is part of walking. You didn't just start walking as a baby and never fall. You fell a few times, some more than others, but you got back up and you started walking again and then you fell and you got back up and you started walking again. Nothing's changed. We fall. We fail. Get back up and keep going. Many use, you know, that as an excuse. And then they use time as an excuse. I, you know, everyone's running out of time. The, the good news is all of us have 24 hours in a day. That doesn't change no matter how much money you have. And then we've got to stay on course. We, we just, we don't quit. We've got a tenacity, you got to have a tenacity like a bulldog and you just got to hang on and you just, you can't quit. Life is tough. Business is tough. Nothing's easy about running a business. I say this often, but if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. So stay on course. 
You have, this is, and running a business, you have to do it yourself. Yes, I mentioned ways. You have to have good counsel. You have to have good coaching. You have to have uh, good advisors. You have to have good mentors. But you have to do it yourself. You know, you have to grin and bear it. It takes getting up early. It takes staying late. It takes doing things that most people can't do or won't do. Many are not willing to put in that time or the work, but the ones that do experience true success and they, and they chase their dream and they hit their goals and, and, and they have money. I mean, money is not a bad thing. They have, they make a lot of money. I don't care what trade you're in. You can make a lot of money. Okay. If you're not just chasing money. Okay. So don't be a slave to money. Wrapping it up here. Don't be a slave to money. Get focused on your purpose. Get focused on your dream. Get focused on your goals. And then start doing it. You know, your purpose is priceless. It's your purpose in life. Figure it out. Ask for help. Others can help you figure out your purpose. Okay. Good stuff. Think about it. Chase your dream and not the money. Okay, before we wrap up, if you're if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe below. You can also support this podcast by rating and reviewing on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Keep listening because we talk about stuff like this every week. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and The Greg McAfee Show. No spaces, no underscores. My goal is to help you sleep better at night. And when you're doing the things that we talk about, I can almost guarantee you're going to have a better night's sleep. Okay? Thanks for listening. And as always, carry on and have a great day.